Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, and on today's episode, I chat with a fellow business coach, Fiona, who is the founder of My Daily Business Coach, has just released her first book as well, um, which is called Passion, Purpose, Profit, How to Sidestep the Hustle and Build a Business That You Love. And today's episode was really inspiring for me because Fiona was so excited to be on the podcast and share her insights and her wisdom And I thought it was such a beautiful example of what it means when you collaborate with people who are similar to you in business, rather than seeing them as competition or comparing yourself to them, but rather get together, share notes, share ideas, bounce ideas. Fiona has um, released her book through the same publisher as me, so she's a year ahead and was able to give me some really great insights into what I can expect with my book release next year but also shares her process of writing the book and how she did that and you know the struggles that she had to overcome which were absolutely incredible what she was enduring on the back end of writing her book i couldn't imagine having to to juggle all of those things that she was going through and managed to put out this incredible beautiful designed book with lots of wisdom worksheets Um, advice, really clear strategies as to how to build your business. So I'll share a um, link to how you can find her book in our show notes and on our Instagram account. But today's episode is packed with Fiona and I um, talking about frequently asked questions as business coaches and the writing processes and Fiona's from a corporate background um, and has lots of amazing experience with marketing for big businesses but was able to break some really clear tips down into how small businesses or freelancers might be able to kickstart their marketing strategy and get an idea off the ground or bring in more money or she shares insights into taking her skill set from the corporate world and developing it into her own business. And she really clearly explains how you guys can do that as well. So if that's something you're looking to do, lots of really great tips in here for you. Fiona was amazing to chat to and I'm sure she will be a colleague and a friend for many years to come. And I'm looking forward to sharing today's episode with you lots of lots of great advice and be sure to check out her new book as well so enjoy the episode guys and look forward to hearing what you think hello and welcome to the podcast fiona so lovely to have you here oh it's so lovely to be on it i'm a huge fan of your work and i'm really excited to chat to you so thanks for having me oh it's my pleasure and i love what you're doing as well and it's so nice to be able to touch face with like-minded business coaches and authors and I think we've got a few friends in common um, businesses across the the way so yeah I'm excited to jump into this conversation here all about your book and what your process was like but then I'm also going to quiz you on um, on a few different things from a business coaching perspective. Oh, sounds fun. And yeah, I think it's equally exciting to talk to another business coach because you don't often get to do that. You know, sometimes it can be a little competitive or not even competitive, but just I think you just don't get the chance. You're busy with your clients and they're busy with their clients. And yeah, it's really nice. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that was when seeing your book come out and it's so beautifully put together and easy to follow and amazing worksheets. And I guess I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah, somebody else has just been through this process as well. So, you know, flipping the the competition or the comparison on its head and being like, let's, you know, collaborate and let's hear each other's stories and compare notes and, you know, there's plenty to go around and, yeah, yeah support one another as women in business as well. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Could not agree more. Amazing. Well, I'm excited to dive into this. So a huge congratulations on your new book, Passion, Purpose, Profit. Do you include the little subtitle as well, like the subheading? Is that, how, do you, how are you introducing well, it? Well, um, yeah, I say Passion, Purpose, Profit, sidestep the hustle and build a business you love. And it's funny, um, I guess, when we talk about the book because the title definitely changed numerous times. Um, and by the end, I was like, yeah, sure, let's just call it that. You know, let's just go with <laughs> Oh, yeah, that'll do. Uh, yeah, but the tagline, the sidestep hustle, that that had remained through all of the different uh, iterations of the name. So, yes, I, I tend to include it because of that. <laughs> but if you didn't know the background, passion, purpose, profit is fine. Yeah, I mean, it does give context to it, so I can see why, which is great. But um, well done. It's very well put together. But maybe just for our context of our audience, um, maybe you could introduce yourself and your business name and what you do and how you came to become um, the business owner that you are. And oh, thank you. Thank you. And thanks so much. And congratulations on your um, whole book process. Cause I feel like it's a bit like having a baby, like your book will come out next year, but there's so much work that you're doing right now. And I think, you know, oh, yeah. huge congratulations on just doing all of that work and getting it in. Um, Thank I know. you. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, um, I run a business called My Daily Business Coach. Uh, I started my business well, I was still employed five years ago, but I started it in July 2015. I started mapping it out and then I launched it properly um, at the very end of 2015. I got my first clients and stuff. So, yeah, I do business coaching. I do group coaching. Um, I do consulting still with larger companies, not always larger companies, but usually larger companies, a bit of consulting on everything from like building um, a marketing team, uh, building a new business. If there's like a larger corporation that's creating a new kind of company underneath that, um, we do creative ideation workshops. And then I have like online courses and eBooks and everything else. But basically no matter who I'm working with, it's to try and help people get more time and energy back and enthusiasm about what they do. And a lot of the time that's through getting a really clear business strategy or marketing plan together. Um, And also I do a lot with like systems and processes. Maybe when you read the book, you might've, that might've become apparent because there's a lot of like frameworks and, and things like that. Because I think once you've got a good system and process in place, then you get time back and you can also see where are the kinks, where are things not working. Whereas if you just sort of have this ad hoc kind of, um, you know, sometimes it can be a bit messy approach to business, which is stock standard. You know, everybody has that to start with, um, including myself. But I think if you can try and lay down some systems and processes, then it gives you more confidence as a business owner. But yeah, I, that's kind of how I started my business. And prior to starting my business, I worked um, in senior marketing content roles for companies in Australia and the UK uh, for about, yeah, almost, well, the last 20 years I've been doing this, so about 15 years working in those before I started my own business. 
Amazing. Well, so there's a wealth of knowledge that I'm looking forward to pulling out of you. But um, I, I want to start with um, this whole idea, and I think this part of the title, but also, you know, you talk about implementing systems and processes, which has definitely been a huge le- learning curve for me and something that I've really been committing to over the last two years or so. Having been in business for five years, I was definitely the messy business owner. I was like, I'm just going to make this up as I go. Um, But it's funny, you would know this, when you commit to the systems and processes, as painful as it is for me to actually carve out that time and sit down and find the expert who can help me with that, it always ends in like joy and wow this is easy and now I have more time and what else can I do (laughs) yes it does even um I've started a podcast you know a little while ago a couple of months ago now and we had I have a VA a virtual assistant and you know we had some things to iron out with the podcast you know anything that you do new is even if you're you know like me and you're working on people's systems and processes all the time you've still got to test it that it actually works and then we got to a point where things were working and it was just like oh my god that's been done oh wow like it is that feeling of joy like oh my god i don't have to triple check that and i don't have to you know it's all it's all just working well yeah, it's a, it's that um, flow state, right? And you're just like, yeah. wow, this this actually doesn't need to be done by me anymore. <laughs> what yes. a relief! And yes. um, so let's talk about this idea of moving away from the hustle, because I know it's obviously in your title um, and something that you really strongly live by, and you know, uh, exemplifying in your own business that you consistently refer back to in the book as well but where does that kind of passion come from for you and like a bit of the why you started your business you know I think I love hearing people's stories of like you know you're in this corporate world and you know the pay can be quite nice there compared to your first year in business (laughs) and you know you're kind of up on these levels um, but what, why was it important for you to move away from that and, and start it for yourself and and implement this kind of no hustle mentality yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think the word hustle, uh, I, to me, it just has somewhat of a negative connotation, not always, but I mean, I get, and you know, it's just, it's just vernacular now, like side hustle or, or hustle, you know, people use it and it's not always negative. Sometimes it can just be like, you know, I'm doing a lot of work or I'm starting something creative. Um, but I do think that for a lot of people, there's this idea that you have to, you know, all the things you see on Instagram that's like rise and grind and like hustle, mm-hmm. hustle, hustle and like 24-7, I'm making the money. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't believe in that. Like I've got a lot of clients who work, you know, like I've got one client, he makes a crazy amount of money, but he also takes six months off every single year. He, you know, hikes. All, well, I don't know what he's going to do now with coronavirus, might put a pause, but he hikes all over these different incredible mountains all over the world. And, and he has this real joy in his life, but he's also making money. And I don't think that you have to be just hustle, hustle, hustle. I think it's a really dangerous idea that, oh, we should work till 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. I think one, I mean, that's just not good for anybody in their mental health. Like you need your sleep. Um, but I also think like what's that doing to your family uh, if you mm. have children or even if you don't have children, you live with your mum and dad or you live with a partner, like what's that doing to that relationship if you're always tired and stressed? And then how does that then feed out to the rest of the community that, you know, your partner goes to work and they're a bit 
um, I hope I don't. Can I say shitty on your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm ex- I always get the little explicit E on all of my podcasts, even when I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> but, you know, um, uh, so they, you know, they go to work, they're annoyed, and then the pers- people at their work are annoyed, and then they, you know, like it all just seeps out because there isn't that kind of downtime for you to take a moment and be like, okay, I don't need to work 24-7. Um, what I found, uh, I think your question was about like leaving the, the corporate world and starting my own business, what I found was that I was hustling. I was in that job and my last full-time employed role. I was in the executive team. I had like 16 to 19 people underneath me. It was, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars kind of budgets, not budgets, but what we were trying to do for the business. It was just a lot of pressure. And I realized I'm okay with a lot of pressure if I actually believe in what I'm doing, but I didn't, I didn't believe in what I was the head of marketing for. I didn't believe in the product. Um, and I realized there has to be a better way. And what I had been doing was to see a lot of my friends were starting businesses, a lot of family friends were starting. And I would have these chats with them, you know, on the weekend or at dinner. And I'd be like, oh, have you thought about doing this and this in your business? And they'd take that advice and then they'd come back and like, oh my God, you know, I did that thing you said and it's really helped. And so I suddenly realized, oh, there's a whole market out there of people that are starting small businesses or have been in business for some time, but they've never had the marketing background. They've never had maybe some of the frameworks and the structures that work internally at a corporate. And maybe I could bring that to their business and really help them. Um, Mm. And so I was thinking about those things, but I was also like, oh my God, we've just bought a house. We have a kid. I have this good salary. Like you said, you know, those corporate roles do pay really well. Um, And so I was grappling with like, what do I do? And then as luck would have it, one of the people that I'd worked with previously emailed me and said, I really need your help. You know, my mental health is suffering. I don't understand marketing and I feel shit about it. So is there anything you can do? And I was like, you know, that's it. Like, that's the last straw. I'm going to start my own business and help small business owners with everything that I know. So that's kind of how Mm. I started. Yeah, I love that because I think, you know, you and I probably both work with people who are concepting their idea and a a common question, I'm not sure if you've come across it, and I mean, it's pretty common, was when do you jump in? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, how do you know when to jump in and do it for yourself? Um, But also a a piece of advice that I'm often giving is, you know, which is basic business advice really is validating your idea and making sure there's a market that's ready for what you have. So I like that, you know, what you've shared is an example of, you know, if, if there's enough validation, if people are willing to pay for this, then that's the first step in, in actually feeling like it's a viable business, right? Yes, 100%. And I should point out that I didn't just, um, you know, get that email and leave. I yes. We actually went to Bali in July 2015 and I had decided that that was it. I was going to you know, quit my job. But I sat down and wrote, like, I wrote a list of every person I'd ever talked to that had a business or that, you know, had inspired me or I'd seen on a panel. And I ended up with this list of 62 names. And I was like, you know, there's 62 people. I'm sure there's somebody on there who can validate my idea or can help me um, or who could even become a client. And so I mapped out, you know, what would the business look like? What would I offer? How much would I need to earn? And then I went home and between July and when I quit in like October or even September, October, um, or when I put in my resignation letter, um, I like literally went and did so many coffee meetings to to be like, okay, I can actually build this. And I actually only quit once I had a client in place that was going to pay me the equivalent of two days work um, for like six months. So, I mean, I definitely wasn't from like a wealthy family where I could just be like, oh, it doesn't matter if I quit my job and I've got no money coming in. I had to make sure that I had a client from like day one. 
Yeah, I love that. There's so much I want to ask about that, which was firstly, how did you package up your idea? Like what was the, you know, you sit down and and perhaps you can tell us what chapter to reference in your book if it's included. Um, but if the, um, you know, that idea of like, well, I, I do this over there for somebody else and, you know, you don't really have to think about the overheads or, you know, pricing it because you just turn up and you get your paycheck and someone above you is pricing you out. So what was some of the first steps that you did to actually start to map out that business model and package up your services? Yeah, so in 2015, earlier that year, my husband and I had seen a mortgage broker for the first time. We bought our first property and neither of us had like, you know, property behind us. Neither of us had parents who had like multiple properties. So it was a new thing. And the mortgage broker said to us, oh, how much do you spend per month? And he gave us like, he was like, this is what's an average for like a couple who live in the inner city who rent and who have one child. And we were, I was like, oh my God, like that's way too much money. We don't spend that. And and then when we went through every single line item on our expenses, I was like, oh, my God, we actually do spend that. Like, whoa. Um, and so that was a big eye-opener. And that's something that I get people to do now. I, I call it your survive figure. Like, figure out what is your absolute minimum that you need to just live. You know, for us, it was like childcare. It was health insurance. It was rent. It was both of our car. I mean, we didn't have... Um, we bought our cars outright. We'll always do that. But we had like, you know, just the upkeep of your car and that sort of stuff, petrol. And we went to everything. And then I realized that, okay, if I quit, I could, if I could survive on half of what I'm getting paid currently, we should be okay. And so then from there, I was like, okay, I've got that kind of figure in mind. And then I was like, all right, well, how many clients would I need? How much would they need to spend with me? Um, And initially with the service offerings, I was like, okay, I've done marketing for a long time. Um, I've worked at, you know, companies like Amazon and Audible and Country Road Group and, you know, I've got that. So maybe I'll just go into businesses and I'll help them come up with a marketing strategy. And what happened was that when I was talking to small businesses or even large businesses, to be honest, if there's no business strategy, it's very hard to get a marketing strategy. You know, like you need mm. to know what are we trying to do as a business and then you reverse engineer your marketing to to do that. And so what I found was I initially went like, oh, I'm just going to be not just, but I'm going to be a marketing consultant. And then when I was like, oh, okay, have you got business goals? Have you got this? Have you got your financials? Um, and people would be like, no. And I'm like, okay, let's let's go back. We can't get a marketing plan without a business plan. So that's, yeah, then when I became more of a business coach. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's, you know, I've often come across people and like, okay, I've, I've made my business, I've done all the things and they've got, you know, the kind of basic structure and then they're like, well, where's the clients? You know, and it's like, yep. especially nowadays, marketing is such a wraparound to everything that you're doing from your emails that you're sending and your social media presence and your packaging and everything that you stand for as a business. So it's not a standalone process really yes totally and I get people quite often that will be like oh I just want like an Instagram strategy and I'm like well Instagram is one tiny you know distribution point or not tiny for some people it's a huge channel but it's like well let's go way back like what are you trying to do with your content and then where's Mm -hmm. the best place to connect with people with that content and Instagram might be it but it could be something else and I think sometimes particularly with social media and because I was working in marketing well before social media was about I I realized like I think social media has done incredible things but I think it's also made people um not lazy but even just un- unknowingly uh 
restricting themselves of what mm. their actual marketing plan could be. A bit tunnel visioned. It's like starry yeah. eyes. Social media yes. is going to fix all my problems. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. If I could just get more followers, I, then the cash in the bank would be there. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it from that perspective, social media has done its has done the best job at being a business, right? Because they've convinced us all that we need them. Yes. Oh my God. Have you watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix? I no, I have not yet. I am a bit scared. Is it is it the one about hacking? Like you can No, be- it's the one about well, it's just about how like all of social media just, you know, how they've how they've how the AI is conditioned to keep us on the platform and what it's doing to yeah. mental health and and it and yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean a lot of it most people that work in this space would know, but then you're also, I don't know, I kept just saying yeah. all the way through, but this has done so much for business as well. Like so many businesses wouldn't exist without social media. But then on the flip side, you know, what is it also doing to us as community and our children and everything else? It's really interesting. Yeah, uh, I could go down a deep rabbit hole on this stuff and I, I will definitely watch it. But I think it is a good point in that um, it keeps us in our own little echo chambers of what we mm. think is reality. And yes. Yeah, people forget that social media is also a business that is doing everything in its power to make us hooked. Um, yeah, totally. You know, you've got to, as as long as you can use it for what it is, but don't get sucked down into their emotional, um, you know, brainwashing of what they're trying to do to you for their bottom line. Yes, 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 entirely. And remember, you are in control of it. Like if people are triggering <laughs> you on social media or other business owners or whatever, just, you know, you're in control. You can get off. You can unmute. You can mute people or unfollow or those sorts of things. Yeah, great advice. And maybe while we're here on the topic of marketing, because you are such a big whiz and you've got so many um, amazing big brands and, you know, years of experience behind you, what would you say, like, if if a small business or a freelancer or someone out to start their own business would be saying, you know, I I feel like I'm doing the things, but it's not working or I need more customers. Um, What would be your, let's say maybe top three tips of where to start in terms of maybe auditing the business and, um, and where to approach, how to approach a marketing strategy and where to spend their time and money. Cause I think the other one that I get often is like, Oh, should I spend money on SEO? Like that's the next best thing. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. I get that question nonstop. (laughs) I'm like, and I'm always saying to people, SEO is fantastic, but if you don't have your, like I always say, imagine that you have a physical space, like a store in the shopping centre or somewhere else, and you spend all this money and time and effort on getting all these people to the store, and then they come to the store and the store's not ready. Like there's Mm. no, you know, it's not an easy way to figure out how to buy something. There's no one at the point of sale. It's old stock too. Yeah, it's old stock. And so I'm like, get everything working right and like yes definitely work on social media I mean SEO but also I think there's this idea out there that oh if I just spend money on SEO overnight if I write one blog article overnight you know my, I'll be inundated with sales um yeah. so sorry I went off on that tangent on <laughs> I love it to answer your questions so the, the three things I would do if I was um you know working with people that are just starting is number one, identify your three top goals. And I always say to people, just three, you know, like not 20 or 10. Or And a goal might be, I want to start a podcast. A goal might be, I want to move from, you know, 100,000 to 150,000. Um, or a goal might be, I want to get a staff member so that I'm not doing all of this by myself. And so figure out your goals and make them really specific. So I always use the formula from X to to Y by when, so that. So, you know, I want to move from making 100,000 in 
what are we in October? October, and these are just made up, 100,000 in October 2020 to making 150,000 by December 2020 so that I can hire a staff member and I can get some time back. So making mm. the three goals very clear, not just I want to make more money. It's like, yeah, that's really good because it almost gives the why behind it, right? You're not yeah. just making money to put into the bank because I think if you're just making money and you don't even have a proper a place of way, what, what the money is going to do for you, then you never even see the return on investment because you are, the money goes elsewhere or it just sits there. Yes, totally, totally, totally. So definitely having that, you know, so that the result. Um, so that would be the first thing, Make figure out your three goals. Um, the second thing would then be to like reverse engineer. So if I'm trying to make more money, does that mean I need more customers? Does it need, mean I need to, you know, look at the profitability and use the ones with higher, mar- like the, the services or the products with higher margins, try and get more sales of those or could it be that I actually don't need new customers I just need to nurture the customers that I have to buy more frequently or or pay more Um, and so you're kind of looking at your marketing and not thinking it from a channel perspective I think that's what people get they're like oh marketing okay what am I going to do on Instagram it's like no 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 just forget about all the channels and just think about like what is the message that I'm trying to get out so is the message oh we need to work more frequently together or is the message this product will really help you Um, and so you're kind of identifying your marketing for those three goals not for everything else just for those three goals and then the third thing would be mapping the customer journey so if you're like okay I need to make more money and you've identified exactly what it is. And then in your marketing, you've identified these are the products. And then you think, okay, well, how? what's the ideal journey from somebody even discovering that I exist through to them becoming an advocate for me? So, for instance, um, it might be like, okay, they discover I exist because I'm, I'm on someone's podcast. So, you know, that's part of my marketing strategy. Or they discover I exist because I've done a collaboration with somebody on social media and I'm leveraging their audience. Um, and then from that point of which they're aware of you, then perhaps they're going to research you. So they'll come to your website. And so making sure that the website has good information. It has, you know, someone goes to the about us that it actually is about you and it's not just this robotic third person kind of thing. Um, and then mapping out the whole step, like when can I purchase? Is it easy to purchase? Is there are there questions that are being asked that you're not answering on like the purchase page? Um, and then after purchase, like are you getting in touch? Are you getting reviews? Are you getting testimonials so that they are becoming advocates for your business? So that customer journey, it sounds more complicated than it is. I often just tell a client, literally get a piece of paper, draw a line from you know left to right. And be like, okay, start. They start, they hear about me and end. They're telling their friends about me. So what are all the different touch points that I hope that they hit? So I hope they come to my Instagram. I hope they come to my website. You know, I hope they come to my event or whatever it is and then figure out, okay, well, which marketing will I need at what point? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I had read it in the book too. So I was like, I know exactly what what graph you're talking about. So if you do want those exact worksheets, then you can grab a copy. Yes. (laughs) Is what you should be saying. (laughs) Yes, I need help marketing it. If you need to know more, go and buy my book. That needs to be part of your um, your taglines now. (laughs) Yes. Side step, buy my book. 
Yes, I think it's um, no, it's it, and it is great. I think you're obviously very natural at that systems, and I think you know, especially I work with a lot of creative businesses and as small business owners, you know, our time can be really caught up in delivering the end product that we forget that there's a customer that we're taking on this journey with us, and mm-hmm. it's um, you know, I think what I love, and by the sounds of you, what you're sharing today and reading your book, it's like that somehow along the line we've been given the gift to break this down and and make it really logical for people and when you really get to the crux of it it's like it's common sense (laughs) it is and even things like I've been a published writer like I've I've written um in in magazines and online for a long time and that's where I kind of started my career um and often even just small things like having your name on your Instagram bio you know like even with now like I'm, I'm inundated with DMs for the book which is incredible and I'm so appreciative and I write back to every single person and Sometimes I'll go to their account to be like, okay, well, what's their name? So I can say like, thank you, you know, Laura or whoever. And, um, and they won't have a name. And I'm like, oh, just, you know, like you've got this whole business and I don't know who's behind it. And as a journalist as well, like going to, you know, like if I was writing an article and I'm like, oh, I'm sure I saw somebody on Instagram that's doing these earrings or this other thing. And I'll go to the website and then I go to the about us and there's, there's nothing, there's no photo, there's nothing. So I just think keeping those things in mind when you're creating a, pro- a product, you know, like people don't know all about it and, and they're going to research and find out and can they get it, that information from, you know, your website or your social media. Yeah, absolutely. Such such good advice. And I think a statistic I read when I was researching for my book was uh, 70% of the customer's journey is done behind closed doors now. Like they're, they're not reaching out and saying, hey, I'm interested. They're stalking, they're reading reviews, they're looking at your Instagram, they're on your mailing list, they're listening to the podcast. And then eventually they'll say, you know, you'll get maybe 30% of their interaction is your ability to convert them but they're making up their mind behind the scenes and they're watching you. So your ability to feed them everything that they need to know before, you know, without ever being at meeting them is so, so important. Yeah, totally. Like back in the day, a long time ago now, like 10 years ago, I worked at Amazon in the UK and obviously Amazon is built on reviews and people, you know, love it or hate it. Amazon is not, you know, the greatest ethical business maybe out there, but they have incredible innovative systems. And that's partly where I learned so much of the system sort of approach. But yeah, I mean, the reviews is huge and now they're everywhere. Like I will often, I mean, even my son, he's seven and he looks at like apps, like game apps done for the iPad and he... I know all these mothers out there are like, oh, my God, your kid watches the iPad. But no, he does. <laughs> Don't even. I feel like parents are entitled, like, to have that. I I babysit for, like, an hour and I'm like, someone give me a gin and tonic. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Take your children back. <laughs> so you have all the iPad that you want. <laughs> yes. Or even he, when he's looking at games, he'll be like, oh, this one's only got three reviews. And it's like we are. We're making these decisions before we've ever talked to somebody So, yeah, you're entirely right. That's such a great statistic. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to recap on that for those um, at home who are wanting some support, there's A, all of it is in Fiona's book, so highly recommend and we'll put a link as to where you guys can grab a copy. Um, But just like a really simple take-home is to map out exactly what Fiona said, where you start and where they're telling you about and then, you know, have a think about where your customer is coming to experience you and stalk you and get to know you and have you made everything in that timeline a reflection of who you are, what you stand for. 
Is that right, Fiona? Yes, yes totally, perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Just to summarise. Awesome. So let's jump in. I'm really excited about this. I really want to hear about your book writing process. I did listen to your podcast um, that shared about getting the deal and I'll link to that as well if people want oh, to behind you. the scenes. Um, but um, let's dive into the writing process and what was that like for you? And I understand you've got children and I was saying before we started recording, I could not imagine doing 40,000 words with children and having to care for somebody else. I was very selfish and very like irrational with my times and everything I was doing. But how was your process? Yeah. So I, um, well, I got the contract in April. Um, I remember I was like driving to my sister's house and I was like, this oh, year? Uh, no, no, sorry. 2019. I got the contract in 2019. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, couldn't have done it this year. Oh, I was um, going to no. say, you are superhuman. <laughs> no, so 2019, I got the contract in April, but then we went back and forth on the contract till like July. And then I had my youngest on the 24th of June last year. And so literally it was oh, all God. only confirmed a couple of weeks after he was born. And then we so had... So you had a newborn. Yeah, literally like a very newborn. And um, then they had said, we need the first sample, we need... Well, they had said if if you want to give us a sample chapter um, by like mid September, that would be great, and then we can give you feedback. And I was like, that would be awesome because I don't want to like you know write the whole thing and then it's wrong. And so I I was really late. Even <laughs> like I was, we talked about procrastination before we started recording, and that was me. I was like, from July to September, I knew I had to write the sample chapter, but I just didn't get started. And then literally a couple of days before it was due around the 13th of September, I was like, um, can I have an extension for two weeks? <laughs> and they gave me an extension. And then on the 29th of September, it was due. So I wrote that first sample chapter. And then it was really good because I had feedback from Lauren, from um, Heidi Grant, Lauren McDougall. Um, I don't know if she was your editor or he had something no, else. No, I have Alice, who's fabulous. Oh. But um, the same, I, I did that same thing too. I, was, I wrote my chapter um, but I was so nervous sending it off, like all the fear and self doubt yeah. came in. I was just like, and when the email came back, I felt sick. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to open this. Like, what if they find out I'm a fake and then I'm not an author and they're going to cancel the whole deal? <laughs> I, I felt like that too. I was like, oh my God. I was like refreshing to like, when are they going to send it? But then they, and then when they sent it, I was like that. I was like, I don't even know if I want to open this. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was all fine. But from that feedback, she was like, oh, so do you want to start every every chapter with like an opening story? And I was like, oh, I, you know, so it was really nice because she she almost gave me a template. I was like, oh, I didn't think to start every chapter with an opening story, but okay. Um, mm -hmm. And so she was like, so this is kind of how it would go. And so I was like, okay, I've got an opening story. And then I've got like the meat kind of the the training, I guess, the coaching. And then I've got like, you know, the examples or um, like the worksheets or those sorts of things. So then yeah. because of that, I am really like <laughs> a huge Excel fan. And so I um, mapped it out with post-it notes on a wall first. <laughs> like, okay, how many, I like literally divided the numbers. So I was like, I think I, they had said 60,000 words. So I was like, okay, yeah. 60,000 words divided by 12 chapters. And then I was actually like, oh my God, that's too much word, too many words per chapter. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do these interviews in between each chapter to take up some of the word length. Um, yeah. I probably shouldn't admit to that, but <laughs> I was like, okay, each chapter needs to be, I don't know, it was like 1,200 or 1,500 words. And so I literally then just had an Excel sheet with like, okay, the opening story needs to be 500 words. The meet, meet is yeah. 1,000 words and the activity is like 300 words. 
And so then I just went through it literally line by line. Like, okay, today I need to write 500 words on branding. That is a story that relates to me. And so the stories were sometimes the hardest part to write because the teaching, you know, like I've done that for so long and even outside of my business for the last five years before that I was doing that internally with, you know, new staff or people I was managing. Or So I felt like those things, and I've written, um, I've written a weekly email that comes out every Sunday for like two or three years. And so that's about a thousand words. So I was able to like go back through some of those emails and get ideas, but I felt like the stories were like, oh God, how can I, you know, what's a personal story related to um, money or what's a personal story related to this? Those took longer. And those were the ones that I wasn't always like the happiest with because I was like, mm. oh, you know, could I have written something better? Um, but yeah, that's kind of, so I literally mapped it out in Excel. I put it on post-it notes first yeah. on the wall, mapped it all out. Then I put it in Excel. And so I had a running tally of like, you have 97% left to write. You have 67% left to write. And I was just trying to get that number. Yeah, I did something similar as I, I had a notepad and I, I wrote out, I think I did 15 chapters in the end and did the same, divided my word count. And then I, every time I sat down to write, I had my list next to me so that I could cross off a chapter. Yes. Um, it was like oh, those little wins along the way. Yes, I had like a whiteboard with each chapter and I did the biggest like crossing off as each chapter. <laughs> I was like, yeah. done, it's done. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, I think I was. I think I also shared my process um, on social media. And at first, I was like, you know, it'll just be like part of my content creation and rah rah. And then in the end, I was like, I needed all of the hand claps and DMs that would come in and be like, "You've got this," and I was like, "Thanks, guys!" Like they think it's for them, and I was really just using their support to cheer me on. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's been nice. Um, so tell me about the part that I've just recently been through was the editing phase, which was mm-hmm. for me very heartbreaking and ego stripping. How was yours? Yeah, so the editing, um, yeah, there was a few things like because we had the main editor and then they had they out, you know, then they had a yeah. copy editor. Um, and so it was interesting, like some things, like for instance, um, I reference Clueless, the, the Clueless, the, t- the movie, um, in there, and there was a reference to it. And the first editor was like, oh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to get this. And then the second editor was like, oh my God, Clueless, I love it. And I was like, no, people will get it. So there was definitely some things um, where I kind of was like, no, that needs to stay in. Um, and probably, you know, sometimes Lauren was probably like, oh my God, you're such a diva. But then um, other times they cut things, um, especially with the second edit, and I was like, oh, why'd you cut that? You know, like, why'd you cut that story out? Or or things where I was like, oh, but that, you know, that really is a bit more about me or a bit personal. And, and so it was a little bit, I just had to be like, you know what, they know what they're doing um, and maybe they're right in that, you know, you waffled on a bit much here or take this part out. Um so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I think because we had such a short timeline, um, I just felt like they kind of just needed to get it done, and we were coming up to Christmas, and everyone was going to take a break, and it needed to go off to print, and so there was a very tight turnaround. I think they had like you know seven days or something, and they were like, on this day you'll get this, and on this day you'll get feedback, and you need to change the feedback by few, you know in a few days, and you need to get mm-hmm. it back to us. Um, and also at that time, my that was in December, like I submitted it on the 29th of November. And then in December, my son, who was five months, needed surgery. So we had to go to the Royal oh, Children's wow. Nights. And then my dad died unexpectedly oh. uh, on the 28th of December. So 
I kind of probably was in a headspace of like, yep, fine, fine. (laughs) Yep, cool. I agree with it. Yep, let's just get it done. Um, and actually, I remember when my son was in hospital, that is when they sent and said, oh, we don't, we don't actually like, or the sales team don't like the, the title that you've come up with. And I was so attached to that title mm. that I was like, what, what? And so I kind of freaked out. I was like, well, what are we going to call it? And then they had different ideas and I was like, I don't like any of them. And, and so <laughs> it was more less the editing of the actual book, but the title was a big thing. And then also the covers, because I went in to see the covers and I didn't like any of the covers and um, and then we change things a lot. And I love the cover now, but um, there was a few kind of moments in there that you are like, as a writer, you're the person, you know, you're like, this is my name that's going on it, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I think for me, it was like that, um, you know, the first draft, like it was such an accomplishment to at least to a, a it was like, oh my God, I'm, I have a book deal. I'm writing a book and it's like the real joy. And then it's like, shit, now I have to actually write the book (laughs) and then writing it and pouring your blood, sweat and tears into it. And then people coming back and being like, oh yeah, we're going to just play around. And I, I had the same process there. I was like, um, okay, just, this is not all about you and these people are professionals and they they know how to produce a good book and they wouldn't let you put something out that isn't fabulous and yeah um so it's really it really was and I think I don't know about you but you know someone who's been a business coach and you know worked with kind of like contracting teams it was like really nice to have a team around you of people who are like we want you to succeed we want this book to to be fabulous and we're gonna we're gonna throw everything at it to make sure it was like when I got to that point I was like okay I can I can do some word count cut down like <laughs> yeah yeah oh I agree so much and I think um and I mentioned that in the podcast episode but I also taught like you know a lot of people especially in our field like a lot of people in business coaching um self-publish and I think um, I often am like, you know, people will be like, is it better to self-publish or get a traditional publisher contract? And exactly what you just said, like that team, like you just don't have that. If you, you know, you might have to like, you know, get an editor and get a graphic designer and other people, but that team, like going into the Hardy Grant offices and just having these people come to a meeting and they all are there just for your book. You're like, oh, wow. Like yeah. you feel really supported. Amazing. And what was it like to hold it in your hands for the first time? Did you cry? I can't even I can't even imagine seeing mine. I'm like, did I really write a book? Oh yeah, it was so exciting. I think because um COVID, I mean, like it was supposed to come out originally, I think it was June or May it was gonna come out. And then they called me, you know, once COVID kind of once it was obvious that COVID was gonna have a real impact on, you know, our lives. They called, I think, in like March or and the, or April, and they were like, um, "We're calling about your book." And I just thought, "Oh, they're going to say oh, no. like it's Probably not coming yeah. out." Um, and then they changed the date, and I was like, "Oh, that's okay." And then, yeah, when I got a copy, oh, I just loved it. I just was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" And um, Andy Warren, who did the design, is just like he just did such a great job. Um, yeah, I, I probably I I cried a bit. I cried. If I'm really honest, I probably cried because my parents aren't here to see it, and mm. because you know, like that is a really like it's a huge accomplishment to write a book you know like I just really wanted to be able to show them my book but Mm. um and so that was sort of like oh gosh I wish I could show this to someone and then also because we were in lockdown um like I haven't seen it at a shop I haven't seen it I haven't you know really seen any of my friends um and been like hey let's check out my book or anything so yeah it's just uh, my husband and you know my son my son Your husband's like, get it away from me. I I know exactly what that is and I don't want to see it ever again. Yeah. 
Um, my son, though, recently was like, like every night when we go to bed, I read a story to him. And then I was like, which book do you want to read? And it's usually like Guinness World Records. And he was like, I want to read Passion, Purpose, Profit. And I was like, oh. no. And he was like, no, I do. I want to read. Like, what, what can we read? And well, I'm he like, gets a few oh, minutes. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was amazing. And I'm sure you'll find it. And, and hopefully next year you'll be able to have like a proper like launch and everything else. Yeah, well, you'll definitely have to throw a party for when... Yeah, you're allowed to. Yes, <laughs> celebrate it properly because it's it is a massive, massive achievement. And, um, the the hard work that goes into writing a book, I take my hat off to anyone who's ever written a book, let alone someone who wrote it on a typewriter or even before that. We were chatting the other day about um, the handwritten books. Like yeah. I can't believe people did that. I'm so I every book that I see now, I'm like. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. well, even now when I see books that have like a lot of quotes and stuff and realising how much time went into getting permissions for everything, I'm like, oh, my God, that would have been a nightmare. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about what, what were some of the things. Did you find once you got into flow and created your system that you were pretty good? Did you like block out times to write or was there days where you just had writer's block? And what were some of the hacks I know that I shared my story on our podcast and had a lot of really great feedback from people who have said um, how helpful it was for them. So I'd love for you to share your tips as well as to how you battled it. Yeah, so the first thing we did was um, I sort of, you know, sat down with my husband and was like, this is really important to me. Like this this is an amazing, you know, to get a book deal is a, is a huge opportunity and I really want to like hit deadlines and so he was working um and so I was like well we need to hire a nanny um my mother you know my parents had passed or my dad hadn't passed away by then but he was in a nursing home and my mum had passed away my sister lives in the country so I didn't have family support I had my mother-in-law um and so my mother-in-law came for one she came on Tuesdays for like a couple of hours um and then we hired a nanny for four hours a week on a Thursday and she would come and we'd talk and then I'd be like okay and then we have an office built out in our garden for me um, that we did last year when we were having the baby, the baby, <laughs> Elio. <laughs> so, yeah, I had that four hours. And because I think I was paying her, it was in my head like, okay, you've invested into this nanny. This work has to be done during mm. that time. And so I had four hours every Thursday to work on it. And then on Wednesday evenings I'd come in and work on it. And then on the weekend on Sunday um, I'd come in for a few wow. hours. And so that I just knew that, that was it. Like my son, um, my son didn't feed properly. So I was expressing breast milk constantly. So I just didn't have heaps of time and was like, this just needs to be done. Um, mm. In terms of the writer's block, I think um, I often just turn to music. I know that sounds really silly, but if I'm in mm. any kind of mood, I'm like, I have a shake it off playlist and I just dance <laughs> around and I feel better. Um, or I'd say to myself, okay, just work on, like, look at the Excel sheet that you've got and like, what's, what's something that you could do really easily? Like, you know, is there something that you've talked about regularly that you could write that part now while you've got this writer's block because you don't need to have inspiration because you've written this or done this before? And so I'd maybe write, you know, 500 words of a different chapter just to get something done in those, in those four hours. Mm, that's such good advice and even more hats off to you for doing what you did in and amongst all of those significant life changes um, and 
losses and births and all the things. So yeah. congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, 2019 was a bit crap. I was like, 2020 yeah, is going to be amazing. <laughs> what a year. Well done. Oh, and how, how has it been since it's been on the shelves? Are you getting lots of feedback? And um, when I did a little Google search, it was cool to see how you know, far and wide spread with all of the different stockers. But what's been the uptake from um, and feedback and how are you celebrating that with, I guess, people who are enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just um, blown away by, like, I'm, I get a huge amount of DMs about it, either people sharing Amazing. the book, lovely, or um, just a, a message being like, oh, my gosh. Like I had one just this morning from someone being like, oh, my God, I've been really down about my business for the last 18 months and I've been in business for seven years and I got a copy of your book and I literally feel really refreshed and energised. So I feel like I'm getting a lot of those. I'm getting a lot of emails, um, which is amazing. And then in terms of like practical kind of data, um, Mm. I'm getting, you know, way more visits to the site. The podcast um, has gone bananas in the last couple of weeks, but I think that's also because Mm. it's been listed on like the Apple homepage. But, um, yeah, way more followers, um, way more people booking in for like consult calls, a lot of people joining the free Facebook group. So, yeah, I definitely think like I always said, because I've worked in book publishing before and I understand, and I studied book publishing. I did a postgrad in it. Um, I know that people don't make a huge amount of money from book. You know, you get your advance, yeah, um, and then you have to earn out your advance. And but you know, like it's not. Sometimes it's put out like, oh, you're going to make millions or something. Like no one, you know, very few people make millions. And I think um, I've been able to like I used it always as like this is a PR vehicle. Yeah, like, yes, it's a marketing, the marketing thing. And from that perspective, it's it's done incredible. And I think um. Yeah, the publisher said it's in reprint already, which is amazing. Ah, oh, congratulations. It's so, so amazing to hear. And I think, you know, that we live in a world where I guess when we started this conversation about social media, everyone thinking it is, you know, the be all and end all. And, you know, it's so nice. So, as somebody who runs a magazine as well, I'm like, print's yeah. not dead. <laughs> no, no. I, I yeah. have a copy of your magazine. Um, I think yeah. it's amazing what you do. But, yeah, and Thank I... You. I think um yeah definitely Prince not dead and so I'm really we're so excited. lucky to have people like Hardy Grant aren't we as both of those at home both of us have been published by Hardy Grant who um are Melbourne based but they distribute globally and you know I think I was just thinking then about how grateful I am for them to have backed us and to that's to be championing books and you yes. know quality content yes and they just are so good at designing books as well because I feel like for both of our audiences the content is really important, but also the style and the aesthetic is also important to them in the design. So I feel like they're just yeah. champions of that. Absolutely. Um, so maybe to wrap us up, I've got two questions for you. I want to know, firstly, what would be your number one tip for somebody looking to start out? Um, and then also maybe a, a mental health check-in or, or tip or you know, sanity tip that you use to help you avoid the hustle and and stay sane in this wild ride of running a business and helping others to do the same oh thank you um so my tip if I was for someone starting out I would think um get really clear on why you're doing this I know like the why is bandied around a lot um Mm. you know the whole Simon Sinek thing but I think not just that idea but like what's important to you and I say I obviously I've talked about this a lot in the book about your values and beliefs and really understand that so for me it was yeah you know maybe I'll earn a lot less than I'm going to earn at the exec team um at Mimco but I'll be 
getting more freedom. I'll have more creativity. I'll have these things that are really important to me. So I think if I was starting out, that is what I would say. I would be like, get really clear because opportunities might come up. So like I've had, you know, a few people along the way where I've consulted and they've said, oh, we've got the CMO role. Like, would you, you know, would you consider coming back in for CMO? And they, you know, they do pay crazy money for some of the roles. And you're just like, no, because I wouldn't have the freedom and the freedom is really important to me. So um, I think that would be my That's a great tip because I think it's like at the end of the day, you know, um, starting a business is, you know, where you're going to spend a lot of your time and if it's not existing to serve you and the life that you want to be living, then you might as well be working for someone else. (laughs) Yes, and get all of the, you know, perks of, you know, it's working for somebody else that you don't get as your own boss. Um, Then in terms of the mental health, I mean, that's so important to me. My mum was a psychiatric nurse. My sister's a GP that specialises in mental health and my brother is a professor in psychology. So, like, hugely, hugely important. Um, For my own mental health, uh, there's a few things. Like I think at the moment being in lockdown in Melbourne, it's like I can't control, you know, this is what I can control, this is what I can't control. So I think that's the first thing, being like I can't control when Dan Andrews decides to open the, the, mm. the city or I can't control when the kids are allowed to go back to school. Um, so figuring out what can I control. And for me it's um, I try and go for a walk every morning um, for about an hour. I try and go by myself. Sometimes my son comes, but I definitely try and make sure that a couple of those are by myself. Um, we live in a beautiful area in Melbourne, um, so it's very bushy. And that just, I, I'm in such a better headspace after that walk. Um, mm. but the other thing is we have like an 8.30 um, dance-off in the kitchen, my son and I. <laughs> and so we literally just dance. We have a Spotify list. Um, it's really dorky and we do all sorts of dancing. Um, but that is really good. I have a cup of tea by myself. Um, and I think like, you know, I'll ask, like my husband sometimes I'll be like, can I have a hug in the middle of the day? I'll just go into his office and be like, can I have a hug? And so I think just looking at what you can control. The other thing I would also say is just be careful what you're watching. Um, I went through, you know, like I've been pretty positive most of this time, but I went through a couple of weeks where I was just incredibly hard and, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I've like got an online business. I haven't been too impacted. And I was like, gosh, imagine, you know, if you're a single mom with three kids in a commission flat or something else, like I know I, sh- I don't need to complain. Yeah. But I also just went through a really rough part and I was like, stop watching the news and stop watching this like negative stuff on Netflix and stop watching these like fear kind of things. Just like I, I started watching the family law um, by Ben Law mm-hmm. And I just loved it and just watched comedy and kind of pulled myself out of that. And I know that's a huge privilege to say, but it it did help with my mental health. Yeah, amazing. Great tips. Thank you so much for sharing so honestly and openly about your process and marketing insights and all the things. So maybe just to finish us off, you can let people know um, where to get their book and where to find you. Yeah, sure. So um, Passion, Purpose, Profit is the name of the book. It's by Hardy Grant. It is online, like at all the big places, um, like Booktopia and Amazon and even like Big W and stuff. But it's also um, and Walmart and places like Barnes and Noble in the US. But um, I also think if you can, you know, support your local bookshop. And if they don't have it in, most of them will have an account with Hardy Grant. I'm sure most, like pretty much all bookshops would have that. So you can always order it in. um, And that way you're supporting a small business as well. Um, And then in terms of connecting with me, yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot at my daily business coach. And yeah, I have a podcast and all sorts of things. 
Amazing. And we'll be sure to link to all of those things in the show notes and on our Instagram when we share it. And we'll share a picture of the, the book as well so people can get familiar with what to look for. Oh, thank you so much. And congratulations. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next and, you know, all the successes to come for you and your book and your business. And hopefully one day we'll be able to have a wine and celebrate together in person. Yes. And I can't wait to see your book. I'm so excited for you. And yeah, just everything that you're doing. Thank you for all that you're doing to help startups and, and every business out there. My pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show, Fiona. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.